Well, good evening, folks. Mike Fuji taking the show over tonight. Angel's on assignment, filling in for the for our front man tonight. It is episode 141. We got Chris Scott Jr. from the Greater Philadelphia Flag Football League. Phil's seven in a row getting this hot streak going without Joe Girardi. This is episode 141. Mike Fuji, this is Broad Street South. Well, happy Friday Eve, folks. I hope everybody's having a good night. Good day in Philly today. Phil's pulling off win number seven. Sweeping the Angels, sweeping the Brewers. Congratulations, all graduates. High school, college, elementary school. Tonight, we have our guest, Chris Scott Jr., again, once again, from the Greater Philadelphia Flag Football League, who's waiting in the green room. I have my colleague from the cheap seats, who's Got away from, got away from Bob Euchre. He's coming down to the, the front row here. Let's welcome our national correspondent, Ryan F. I'm Ryan F. It's great to be with you this evening. Fuji, you seem a little bit nervous. A little bit. Nah, I'm not nervous. <laughs> I'm, a little, I'm good. Ryan, how are you today? Um, I'm doing fine. We got Chris Scott on tonight. Pick his brain about certain stuff. Obviously, the Phillies on a hot streak since the firing of Joe Girardi. Not sure that's going to last, but I'm sure it's, Phillies fans are rejoicing with this winning streak. Well, seven in a row, and, you know, it's it's baseball. It's a long season. Yep. Well, tonight we'd like to bring in from the green room Chris Scott, Jr. from the Greater Philadelphia Flag Football League. <laughs> what's up? What's up? What's up? Hey, Chris, welcome tonight. How you doing? I'm feeling good. Listen, ring the bell, guys. Ring the bell. Hmm. As they have that thing called rings crossed out, it says smash the bell instead. Smash the bell. Bryce, okay. Bryce Harper just playing, you know, MV3 just leading this team, you know, with that fire. You know, he's, you know, he's the GM right there calling all the shots. Yeah, he they're, they're playing on. Like you said, seven in a row after it got rid of Joe and, um, don't listen to Ryan. Let's just ride the win streak. We don't have to worry uh, about the rest of the season. That, that's the ring chaser. Now he's anti-Philly. Here we go. <laughs> Shots are always fired around here. So, Chris, let's let's get into the uh, greater Philadelphia flag league, um, as it is Pride Month. I know we talked a couple days ago about the Philadelphia team heading to Chicago this weekend. For the championship game that's great could you dive in a little bit about that yeah so the uh we have our travel team the philadelphia revolution along with our women's plus team the philadelphia lightning we're getting ready for chicago um it's pride bowl so every year the national league the ngffl um there's three tournaments one in fort lauderdale um there's one in chicago and then uh there's gay bowl in around columbus a weekend that changes every city but at the end of this month we're getting ready to chicago um defend our championship trophy against other cities around the nation and it's always a good time i mean we're talking 60 teams a ton of athletes um getting together for community and and, and great football uh, it's going to be a lot of fun nice as far as the uh greater flag football like could you just tell us like how it got started and the inception and 
how you actually got involved in it? Yeah, uh, it started in 2009 up in Northeast Philly. A couple of guys got together, wanted to run some ball. Um, so they decided to do flag football. And here we are uh, in 2022. The league has grown to about uh, 60 or 70 players. And we're wrapping up our spring season this coming Saturday uh, if the weather holds out. Um, and, and it's just been an amazing community of, of, of genuine love and acceptance for people that are genuinely passionate about football. You know, everything else aside, we're just ball players. Um, and the cool thing that this season was the first time we introduced our Women's Plus League. Um, so primarily we have our co-ed league, but now, you know, those that identify as women or non-binary or transgender, you know, get to play in a different league. And uh, dude, when I tell you this community is so, so, so fulfilling and so giving, uh, when we, you know, on the field, we want to annihilate each other. But when we come off the field and start having a couple of beers together and telling our stories, we're just, uh, just so appreciative that we can just be, you know, right. and we know how crazy the world is when you're the other. Um, but when you have a passion for football, you just want to play ball. You just want to play right, ball. Exactly. Yeah. Chris, go ahead, Fuji. Okay. Go ahead, Ron. You say, Chris, I was going to touch upon the, uh, the com community aspect of it. I mean, the guy, the guys know that over the last nine months I've gone through stuff and I've, you know, I've had to get in myself into a community who understands what I'm going through that understands mm -hmm. the trials and tribulations. And if you don't surround your people, or you don't surround yourself with those kind of people, nobody's really going to get it. Can you can you talk about the sense of community that surrounds uh, the league? Yeah, and, and that's a good question. Um, it's like you said, uh, I know when I became commissioner back in 2018, uh, the thing I wanted to focus on was community first and then competition second. Um, especially, you know, us in the LGBT community, we have a lot of horror stories, you know, unfortunately with a lot of narrow-minded people or family members. And it's like you said, Ryan, you just want to find community, people who understand what you're going through, but more importantly, where you could just be, you know, you don't have to pretend to be a certain way or like a certain person or look a certain um, aesthetic. You just want to play football. And uh, so what we do, literally, we take people who have never played a down in their lives. And, you know, we have skills days and train them up on how to be competitive and safe on the field. But we put as more um, energy and effort into building football players as we do into building community into building um you know healthy relationships so that was very top of my list when i became commissioner and it's worked out so well you know when you hear some of these stories where people they say like you said you know i finally found a place where i feel like i belong you know and for us as an adult league when you're 30 35 years old and you're just finding that place there's a huge huge sigh of relief and a huge monkey off your back and um it's it's a good feeling to feel like you know you're belonging. Chris, yeah. as far as uh, actually, when did this league start? I mean, nationwide. I know you have a lot of cities that have the flag football league. Can you tell us how when it got started? Originally? I know the I know the Philly league started in two thousand nine. I don't know when the national league started, um, but. When I tell you, when we go to these tournaments, we're talking Austin, we're talking Dallas, we're talking Boston, Chicago, Seattle, Hawaii has a league. Um, we actually oh, yeah. have a tournament in uh, October in Hawaii, you know, which is yeah, so I saw, cool. Yeah, I saw on your like, website, you have Honolulu actually as a uh, yeah, as a, a league, which is that's a hey, that's must be pretty nice going out there, you know, to play some football and you know, take in the. Taking all the 
the ambiance of Hawaii. It's going to sure that could be a little expensive, but a little, yes, it's going to be a lot expensive. Right. But the the cool thing over the years, we've seen like NFL teams buy in and uh, become major sponsors. I know the Seattle Seahawks. Um, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, the New England Patriots—they're buying into their local leagues. We're waiting for the Eagles to step up, right. um, but until then, it's great to get uh, national recognition for our league and our players. I recall when you were on the first time, you did mention a couple of those NFL teams. You yeah, know, I'm sure the—you know—I'm sure the Eagles how much they're involved in the community with everything for me to see. I'm sure it'll be, you know. Yeah, and we've had a couple of conversations. Um, they've donated a bunch of supplies to us, um, right. like new flags and new footballs. And we've been able to uh, extend our outreach. Um, literally last Friday, we were able to host a skills camp at a, a local high school here in the I city. Know. They had a pride festival for the first time. And I mean, you talk about adults having issues when you have young people already feeling like they're being ostracized. Right. Um, it, it just touches you in a different way when you'll be able to just look at them and say, I see you. You know, I see the person that you are, the person that you identify as. You want to play football? I want to play football. Let's just play football. Everything else, let's put aside for the next two hours and let's just ball out. As far as uh, the spring league, there also is the fall league, correct? It is the fall league. I'm trying to get you the spring league. Yeah, the spring. uh, So usually we have a more pickup style, more loose style uh, for the spring. And fall is our more robust, more organized season. But... We right. had such a huge turnout for last fall that we wanted to build on that momentum in the spring. Um, so we play, you know, I think I told you this before, we played down at Marconi Plaza uh, on 13th in Oregon on Saturday uh, afternoons now. And uh, whether, you know, raining or I think a couple of weeks ago, it was like 90 plus degrees. It was really, really hot. Uh, but this this Saturday uh, is our playoffs. And, and hopefully I will, my team will be repeating as champions. Some activity going on outside. Sorry about that. <laughs> hey, that'd be always. There's God, right? Chris, I was just going to say now that everything seems to be getting back to normal, you know, post we're still in the pandemic, mm-hmm. but it seems we're on the trends of a post pandemic. Can you sort of expand upon how it affected you, the league? I didn't know when the pandemic started, a lot of people had to isolate, they were alone. They couldn't do the things they wanted to do. Did you did you bump into any problems with that going on? Oh yeah, it's interesting. Um, we'll say the hard shutdown happened around mid March. I remember just watching uh, ESPN, and that's when they canceled all the NBA games, and that's when I knew we were dealing with something serious. But in February, you know, we had a new board because the our football league has a board uh, with board members. Um, a really really great meeting of future events future planning, but more importantly, we had a couple major sponsors that was ready to buy in that would have, that would have really uplifted us um, to the next scale of an organization. Um, but once that pandemic happened, you know, people started counting their dollars differently and, and put the relationship on hold, I'll say, because we're going to circle back to them. And then we just had to figure out how do we keep this community going where we're not physically uh, together. You know, so we started doing outdoor clinics, you know, socially distanced or like everyone, Zoom game nights or something like that. Um, It was we just had to get creative, you know, but what it did allow us to do is to continue to market and advertise our league. Because when we came back, um, we had a bunch of at least 50 new people 
you know, that was interested in our league and and, and uh, wanting to be part of it, that now are like a vital part of our league, you know, part of the leadership team. And when you started on the journey with the league from the beginning to where you are now, can you, can you tell me how much it changed you or the confidence that you gained? <laughs> Honestly, yes. Uh, I could be totally transparent. I learned about the league. I went to my first Pride event in 2016, you know, and I was closeted at the time, didn't really want to do too much. Uh, and they had this vendor table set up, you know, about this flag football league. Now, I grew up in Philly, and I never heard of this league. So I signed up. I remember it was July 14th when I first went to, like, a tryout or something like that. And I just knew I wanted to be part of this community. Now, did I know I want to be commissioner? No, absolutely not. Um, but from there, you know, speaking to people and hearing their stories and the importance of the league, it made me want to elevate my role from player to leadership, you know, and uh, allowing other people to come in to be part of the community and to feel the same love and support that I felt. Um, but the biggest thing for me uh, last year, one of our players who was employed by the Eagles at the time wrote this beautiful article uh, on the Philadelphia Eagles website. And you can search on the website, it's called Gridiron Gang. Um, and it just talks about the origin of our league, you know, how we're going forward. But for me, it was the first time that my name was publicly attached to gay black male. And like the level of trepidation in my heart was just like, it's official now, you know, we're really out there. Um, and with that level of exposure, obviously comes a lot of stupid people, but more importantly, it came a lot of people, you know, looking for that, kind of looking for that voice. You know, so I was so proud of us for, uh, you know, getting the word out there. Chris, as far as, uh, you know, the flag football, like being nationwide, mm -hmm. or is it possibly it's worldwide or is that something that uh, there's no. I say North, I say North America. We have teams from Toronto that come to these tournaments and they're oh, okay. the most boisterous bunch of players I've ever played. Like there's a so loud and so enthusiastic. Um, I definitely think it's growing food. Like, uh, I know next year our tournament will be in Toronto. Um, and as it gains more traction, I don't see why it can't be worldwide. You know, no. um, I know that at 36, I don't want anybody tackling me for free. So <laughs> throw right. some flags. That's what we're going to do. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm anxious to see how the league continue to grow, especially here in our city. How many uh, members are in the league? Uh, at our peak, I think we were up to 120, um, and then a change in leadership happened, and now uh, I think we're down to like 75. But in 2019, before the pandemic, we were at about 50. So it's it's climbing back up, you know. And this time we're being uh, like Ryan said, we're being more uh, having more intent, you know, with the type of players that we're attracting and the type of community that we want to build. Is there also a softball league? Here's the softball league. Um, I'm a player, not the, I'm not under the leadership. Uh, no. uh, C, CBSL. Um, and I mean, you talk about community, they got the game on lock. They are just right. huge. And it's oh, a dream of mine to be as big as the mm -hmm. softball league, uh, but it's it's wild. It's wild. Because I used to be a ringer for a uh, law firm in Center City, and I knew a couple guys that played in, I believe the league was out in Fairmount Park. It's I'm still not there. sure if it's still there, but. Yeah, I just recall, you know, being <laughs> so, around. Yeah. That's probably twenty years ago at least. And it's it's still going. So my Saturdays are designated for football, and then softball is on Sundays. So 
Um, Monday is the ice bath day. That's what I call it. <laughs> Russia's old, old <laughs> war wounds. Now, it's as, far as, all over. as far as football, I mean, does that really get like intense with the game or is it just? Ooh, yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. And, and that's the best part of competition. You know, you, you bring it in um, both on a local and a national level. It's something crazy fierce. Uh, with love, you know, our competition has always been, you know, like Detroit or Atlanta talking a lot of smack right. and we got to run up a score on them and let them know that, you know, it's Philly. Um, it, it's but at the end, you know, it's, you know, we come back together, we hug right. it out, we have a couple of beers and but yes, on the field, it's it gets crazy. It gets chippy. Is, uh, it gets intense. Is there any rivalries like the Eagles and the Cowboys at the end of the day? Oh. Yeah, Boston. No, Anytime we no like love it. lost. Yes. Anytime the way we, we like it here. In Boston. <laughs> yes. but, Chris, um, where was, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't know you, you finished. No, I was just saying uh, Boston Anytime um, and Detroit. One time we played Detroit in this sweltering heat of uh, Florida in this triple overtime game. And I mean, doubled over. Uh, but we won, you know, but it, it, it cost us. It cost us. <clears throat> where, since you're the committee. Where do you envision the league going from here? Um, right now, we have about five teams. Um, I'm thinking at least 10. You know, when I look at our partners down in D.C. or New York, they have a waiting list. You know, if their registration is over at 1230, by 1.30, you're on the waiting list. And that, that's what I want for Philly. Um, but definitely growth, but also more community events, um, whether it's something as simple as cleaning up the park that we're playing in, or having organized drills for community members or something like that across the board. Um, and like, Ryan, I don't think there's anything we can't do, honestly, mm -hmm. with our leadership and our commitment. I don't think there's anything we can't do here in the city. Right. Now, as far as I don't want to pick your brain, like, during the whole league, but how's it come down to the scheduling? I mean, if you got to travel to Detroit or go up to Boston or go out to yeah. Denver, Dallas, so the cool that the cool thing is like our so our we have the local league um right. and that's just uh you know we stay in south philly the travel team only travels three times a year oh, okay. um so it's designated in in february we're always in fort lauderdale in june we're always in chicago um in october we're lucky enough to change cities every year we played in denver okay. and boston and seattle and um so luckily i don't have to come up with a travel schedule because that's right be, so so like, it's not like you know <laughs> And then I fell schedule where you're no, going no. from city to city. Who's I was reading an article from 2016 when you got when you started getting involved, and here, here it is. Quote: Oh crap, there are others like me. And then quote unquote, it was a culture shock for me. Everybody is so nice for no reason at all. That's where. Can you expand upon that? Yeah, it, it's like um. <laughs> you put up the article. That's cool. Um, you know what? So the first, I'll tell the story like this. The first time I went down south for work, I was walking down the street and people were saying good morning for no reason. Like up north, east, we don't do that. It's very weird. So when I got to the league and everybody being so nice and friendly, I'm like, all right, what do you want from me? Like, where, where's this level of uh, a genuine friendship coming from? It was. Um, especially, you know, being a person of color, it adds another layer of complexity being in this community. So when I was looking around and I just was like, I don't have to have my head on a swivel. I can breathe a little bit easier. 
it was such a foreign feeling at uh, 27, 28 years old. Um, and I was like, this is, this is all new. I'm, I'm not, I'm not used to being comfortable, you know, which is a statement unto itself. Uh, so it, it was, <laughs> yeah, I remember feeling that way. Definitely. And I remember after the first game, like the little boy, I mean, I called my mom. I was like, guess what? I just found my computer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was, a, it was, a, it was a good feeling. Chris, can you, uh, I mean, anybody can obviously join the league. Yeah. Could you yeah. touch on where they could, uh, the so, website? Yeah, um, we are phillyflagfootball.com or on all our social medias at PHL Flag Football. And, and Fuji, like I said, it's a super inclusive league. Like, if you identify as anything, um, we welcome you. Um, the right. league, I would honestly say, would not exist without our straight allies. They are a vital part of our leadership, um, a vital part of our league. Um, and they generally want to be there, you know, and to talk about, the, you know, being shocked to be side by side with, you know, LGBTQIA plus and our allies just ready to, you know, run up the score on some people was just fulfilling. You know, we're here with the same mission and the same goal, and we genuinely have community and love with one another. Um, it was, it was, uh, refreshing, you know, right. as, as far as, uh, June being pride month, can you touch on possibly uh any events going on yeah this so this week remainder of the month yeah this uh this past weekend was pride we were down in uh center city we had to so it, it was a full circle moment for me um this is my last year as commissioner so we were able to set up the exact same table and vendor booth that i saw back oh, in 2016 okay. and uh you know to see the same joy and excitement uh as people were signing up the league that i had back in 2016 it was like you know full circle so when i'm riding off into the sunset i know i did my part uh right. to, to spread the word and to invite people um but yeah as far as events you know we we are out in marconi this saturday um next weekend on june 18th we're having our closing party it's going to be dope um we haven't identified a location just yet um right. but it'll show up on our social media and uh throughout the summer we're going to have a bunch of events and and open forum for everyone and everything as far as i just to go back a little you said this is it for you as commissioner or <laughs> you get you get two two-year terms that's uh, it oh, okay yeah and and both times i was um i ran on a post so mm -hmm. i don't know if that was because they knew they would get annihilated in the votes or because they knew better than i did as far as the level of responsibility with the job. Uh, but uh, we're already grooming our next commissioner um, and our next assistant commissioner, and they're just gonna, the baton passes on, you know, this is gonna be a marathon. I'm still gonna be in the background doing what I can, but in official capacity, this is my last year as commissioner. Wow. Is, it Howie, is it Howie Roseman? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, <laughs> with the draft that he had, I, I'm, I'm team Howie right now. I'm team, I'm team Howie Me right too. Now. Yeah. As, as, now I put my differences aside and yes, I, 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 I extended the owl branch for the time being. So for let still, me ask you, Fuji, when did you buy in? Well, what was the move that got it for you? Don't get well, started. Don't get started. I'm fine. I'm level-headed. I'm not, no steam's coming out of my head or my ears. I was, I go to the jury party every year down the way. It's like okay. a tradition. I've been, Probably gone well over 10 years. I mean, I was down at, at the art museum in 17, of course. I, you know, I was, you know, I 
was pretty much in on Jordan Davis the whole time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when he – I I'll say this. When he gave up – what was it? The first, the third, and two-fifths, if I'm right. Don't hold me to it. But I was like, just to move up two spots, I was like, damn, he gave up a lot just to go two spots from, what was it, the 16th pick? Whatever they got from the Orleans, I know it was. Yeah, but then, you know, he was on the clock, and all of a sudden here he traded the first and the third pick. For A.J. Brown, I mean, I was a couple sheets to the win, and I mean, I could say in one of my videos where I was just losing it. I was like, how he's the man, he pulled it off. I was like losing I'm sure it's on Facebook going back and forth. Oh, we got to look for that. How do you like Nicole Dean in the third round? It was a steal. It was definitely a steal. I mean, you know, the rumors of, you know, Nicole Dean – being injured and, but, you know, <laughs> finally he got a linebacker. He goes, well, basically you got two first round picks with a first and a third. Yeah. I mean, really the last time he drafted a first round pick, potential first round was Sidney Jones in the second round back in 17. The best thing about Sidney Jones was the parry that Joe Conklin made about him. He was just, he wasn't a great player, but I'm more. I'm the sleeper pick for me was uh, wasn't it Cameron Jurgens is going to be our replacement center? Yeah, yeah, the second round pick. I f- yeah, forget where he came from, but oh, Kelsey helped out with that too. I mean, I they heard. told him to do some homework, and you know, you know, it's great. I mean, they're you know, Connor Barwin just got I saw some that. front off like promoted the player personnel somewhere. I forget the exact title, but, you know, it's good that they're bringing back, you know, so many old veterans. I wish they'd kind of, like, go back, you know, bring in so many old alumni as well. But, Mm -hmm. you know, they're keeping it in-house. You know, Darren Sproles last year they hired. Connor Barwin last year getting promoted this year. Kelsey, I'm sure. Sure, Kelsey will have a job waiting for him in the front. Yeah. In a front office, you know, next year, whenever he decides to step away or take some time and come back. But, you know, it's, you know, Eagles are doing great things right now. I know the article that Marcus Hayes came out with about two weeks ago about, you know, Jeff, rumor being Jeff Lurie pulling back and let I read that Howie take that, yeah. the reins. Yeah. Of course, we had Dave Spadaro on two weeks ago from the night, and he really wouldn't. He, no, he, he wouldn't, he wouldn't, he wouldn't give up anything. any of the tapes on that, which, hey, that's his job. But I'm actually flying out to the Texans game. Um, it, I'm mad it's a Thursday night. That's the thing that really, really tripped me up. Yeah, it, it, it really tripped you, me up. But it, it's, it's going to be fun. Are you going with our with our uh, sponsor with Philly Sports Trips? Not, not to that game. I think I'm going with you guys to the, what do they call the Washington Commanders now or something like that? Um, yeah, the Columbia Boston. University. <laughs> are you are you going with Philly Sports Trips? Yes, yeah, that's the one I signed up with. So you're already booked. I got to I got September twenty fifth. Chris, our fearless leader Angel Martinez has a question. <laughs> has a question. Now, as with anything, 
people don't understand certain things and what they don't know. So he is asking the question, do you guys ever get any hate mail because of the league status? For sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when the uh, Philadelphia Eagles article came out, I personally got some interesting letters. Um, it just amazes me the level of ignorance that people still hold in their hearts. Uh, but, um, you know, there's an old saying that if people aren't coming for you, then you're not doing something right. You know, anytime you make people feel uncomfortable, there's going to be some blowback. And there's a discipline in me that doesn't allow me to respond the way that I want to. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, and, and it just comes with the territory. Uh, but when I tell you for every one of those we get, we get five of people being super appreciative that the league exists, um, even if they can't play in it, they just like to know that there's representation out there. Um, let me expand. And that's what I focus on. Yeah, let me expand upon that a little bit further. Mm -hmm. Pre-Football League Chris Scott Jr. to post-Football <laughs> League Chris Scott Jr. Expand. <laughs> um, it, it, it would be an invitation to meet me somewhere to back up your words. Uh, but now the invitation is meet me on the football field. You know, mm -hmm. there's a bunch of people to outline up with you to bring your people and then we'll just play ball. And then you, you'll see, you know, if, you know, your ignorance in your mind can, can match the physicality on the field that we have, you know, um, right. we have a great group of people. And if you're offended by people just living their lives and being happy, there's something miserable and small minded about you. Um, but every so often old Chris does come out. So the invitation still stands to some of y'all. So I've often that. said that it's easier for people to walk away from what they don't understand than to sit there and try and understand. So. Yes. And if they don't choose to walk away, they could be carried away. But I'll, I'll just leave it there. <laughs> my the metal. Exactly. 2004 NFC Championship game. Brian Dawkins, Algie Crumpler. Yep. Boom. Or Brian Set Dawkins, the tone Michael for the Vick. game, and the yes, birds exactly. took over. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm glad you asked that question because uh, it's something I had to get used to. I'll say that it is something I had to get used to with this level of exposure. Um, but, you know, finally being comfortable with who I am in the space that I walk in, um, it just comes with the territory. But there's way, way, way more people willing to fight uh, than to, you know, be bullied in a sense by, mm -hmm. like I said, small-minded people. Sorry, I just got caught out on them. Must have been an internet issue. Got a call, yeah. got a call from Howie. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's loving the props I'm giving him. That's what it was. He wants you to keep it going. <laughs> Hey, or he was talking to Brady. He took the olives, the olive branch that he got at the Novacare. Anyway, let's let's switch a little gears and uh, talk a little Philly sports. Now that we dove in with the Eagles, and you know, OTAs just ending, and yeah, you know, it seems like you know it's practice, it's OTAs, and everybody's getting a little gaga. <laughs> Which, you know, yeah, they're saying Jalen Hurts is slinging that ball. Actually, I think he was a Quez Watkins that burned James Bradbury yesterday for like a 40 yard, 40 yard bomb, I believe, that was reported. So, I mean, no, he went out to California and correct me if I'm wrong on this. It was a guy named Tom House, Ryan, Tom Houseman. 
that he was working with out there with Brady. Uh, the quarterback like, guru? Yeah. 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 And then, you know, according to Nick Sirianni, he, uh, you know, it just says Jalen Hurts' arm looks a lot stronger, apparently, than it did last year. I always find those videos interesting because it's like, it's like when Ben Simmons used to post those videos in the gym. You know, right. like, okay, it's great. You're not being guarded or defended. Uh, but I, I think Hurts is going to come back and have a great year. He has the weapons, you know, the signing of A.J. Brown and the other guy stepping up. I'm a little concerned about Dallas Goddard. Um, because behind him, I don't know who's the backup tight end, but uh, Tyree Jackson, okay, who got hurt um, last year, but you know, they loved him in camp. Me personally, I would have kept Zach Hurts, but I think so too. Um, I mean, you know, at that, at that point in time last year, Howie didn't realize, you know, <laughs> that you know, Sirianni was going to change it up and run the ball for eight, nine straight weeks and yeah, be the number one rushing. Like a, and and when you NFL. think about it, his first his first game in Arizona, he had like seven catches for 100 and plus yards or something like that. When Zachers first went out there, I've said before, and I said it all last year, and Fuji knows this. When the Eagles run the football, they're effective, and it opens everything else up. But for some odd reason, the last couple of years, the Eagles have gotten away from the run game, and I don't know why. Because like last year, last year I think it was through the first six or seven weeks of the season. The Eagles were top five in rush attempts and attempts per carry, mm. and then they got away from it. So I, yeah, I mean, Hertz has I, all these weapons, but what? How is Sirianni going to balance the equation? Out? Well, it's right. Well, matter of fact, to piggyback on what you're saying, Ryan, two years ago you said this, or last year that when Doug Peterson was the head coach, Miles Sanders was averaging five yard. Five point five yards per carry with the running game, and just they got away from them. They got away from the running game, and then you know the whole debacle with Wentz, and then Jalen Hurts taking over the last four games, and just you know just became a dumpster fire. <laughs> no, but I, to me, you know, Miles Sanders is on a uh, contract year, and also. Yeah. You know, he's missed 12, 12 games the last two years. And, you know, Boston Scott, Giant Killer, you know, like Darren Sproles 2.0, Kenny Gainwell, I don't Kenny. think he really got a shot last year. Jordan Howard stepped in, but, of course, you know, he got hurt. He's still out there, you know, in the free agent market. But I think this team just needs to go out and get another back that's, you know, going to complement – Miles Sanders because you don't know if he is just the way you're saying, right? You don't know with all these weapons that Jalen Hurts now what especially now that Nick Sirianni turned the playbook over last season to Sean Steichen, mm-hmm. you know, the offensive coordinator. So now, you know, you got all these toys to play with and what are you gonna do? You're gonna run the ball, or you're gonna sling it. Well, I would, I would ask, I would ask Chris this because I, I've been asking every Philadelphia pundit this question for the last couple months, especially with the off season. If Jalen Hurts cannot perform with this lineup, should the Eagles move on from him after this year? Yes. Yeah. It, it's. I mean, his rookie season, you know, and then his full season. Um, 
now he's in his second year for the first time in his career. I think he's in his second year with uh, the same head coach mm-hmm. or something like that, you know, and he's made, he's supposedly making strides, but you can't make some of the same mistakes he made, especially in that playoff game, um, which was really, really bad. Um, this will make a break year for Jalen, uh, especially with the weapons around him. But to speak to Fuji's point, I'm more interested to see what Jonathan Gannon, Jonathan Gannon does with the new weapons he, ha- he has. All right. Um, because you know this team goes with with the defense. Well, yeah, with four or three, but apparently they're going to be playing the three, switching to a three four, and you know, Nakobe Dean, you know, Jordan Davis, mm-hmm. Derek Barnett coming back, Brandon Grant coming off the Achilles. Um, they picked up a uh, Kazier White from the Chargers to play linebacker. Yep. Kyron Johnson, they drafted out of Kansas. So, you know, Milton Williams, Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox. It's, you know, it's going to be, you know, you got Bradbury and big play Slay on the corners. So, and let's not forget about home, hometown uh, player from Camden, Hassan uh, Reddick. So, Hassan, yeah. So, I mean, this, this defense, this front seven is going to be monstrous. We're going to be smacking redheaded stepchild down there in Washington and Dak in Dallas and Danny. I think that was, I that was the cleanup version, wasn't up it? North and we're just going to be smacking this division around. So, I'm not saying we're going to win it, but we're right there with Dallas. So, I don't know. I got a, I got a question for you. Apparently, sure, whatever. Fire away. You can be whatever. the host. I'll just. Whatever Angel's doing, he's not focusing on that because he wants me to ask you That's about Howie and TB12 tattoo. <laughs> I have no t- <laughs> <laughs> Is Is this I fake news? Jokes. Is that what that is? No, I have no TB. You know about him with the Tom, Tom Brady um, bromance as far as, you know, knowing his public relations guy knowing where Tom Brady's living with the TB12 jersey in the <laughs> he censored himself I <laughs> uh, actually my pen hit the, the microphone <laughs> microphone cord. My... so the Eagles are going to a 3-4 is that what you said I I don't know if they're fully going to a 3-4, but they're still going to mix and match defenses. I mean, I believe they still may play a little 4-3, but they on some packages they might go to a 3-4 with all the hybrid. You know, like I said, Hassan Reddick, Kyron Johnson. You know, they probably could play Nicobe Dean up at the line as well, so. Well, I would be yeah. interested to see if they would start Cox and Davis side by side in the interior. That's what I want to see. That's, That's what I well, want to see blow some stuff apparently up. Apparently, they were saying Jordan Davis is supposed to be the nose tackle. So, you know, he's going to be right there in the front middle of the trenches. I mean, you would have two space eaters to let everybody run free. I mean, the amount of space oh. that Cox and Davis would take up on the interior to let everybody else run free. That's oh, don't like. don't forget Javon Hargrave played for Pittsburgh, and they they're a three four, mm-hmm. so that's right up his alley to collapse out the pocket. And 
You know, Hassan Reddick, 23 and a half sacks the last two years. That guy's on a mission. I mean, now you're going <laughs> to get me jacked. I see. Uh, I see. Uh, I love uh, Chris, you know, what do you think about the – and I said the firing of Joe Girardi wouldn't make a bit of a difference. But I'm wrong. They're on a seven-game winning streak. I don't know if they can sustain it or not. But it's it's a long season. It would I, I'm actually kind of shocked that just by firing Joe that they've gone in this seven game running streak. It's it's almost like yeah. it's almost like the team is glad or the players are glad that he's well, <laughs> out of the equation now. They're earlier in the week, I guess, after they you know, Sunday was fortunate to be at that great comeback. So, you know, Bryce Harper kind of didn't directly take a shot at Joe Girardi, but, you know, he's like, the young guys here got to play like Bryce and Stott. Yeah. Alec Boom, Alec Baum, you know, yeah. Moniac. And, you know, apparently, I guess, you know, Joe lost the locker room. And, you know, like the last couple, like since the beginning of the year, it's like, it's like Girardi was just like a zombie. Like I know Anthony Gargano last week was calling him Zombie Joe. Like there was just no life in this team. He was very he got, laid back. Yeah. And you know, you know the funny thing is they talked about when they did this interview process when they hired Girardi. They interviewed <clears throat> Dusty Baker, who's all you know, taking names in Houston, and also with Buck Showwater. Especially, you know, you know the best, the best record in the National League as of right now, and they're doing it without the Grom and Max Scherzer. So, mm -hmm. did it ever get so bad that you long for the days of Gabe Kapler? I, I just, you know, what I'm, I'll say this with baseball, I'm a throwback guy. I'm like old school as far as. Stealing bases, dropping a bunt, hit and run. Yeah. I can't deal with all this analytics garbage. You know what you can do with it? Go in the bathroom, throw it down the toilet, and flush it out to sea. Bye-bye. Just, you know, it's not about home runs. You know, it's getting on base and the ESPN reels and yeah. everybody being hitting, jacking out homers. It's a joke. You know, yeah. when did this – Years ago, when did a starting pitcher go four or five innings? Some guys think, went six, seven, maybe eight deep. You know, these pitch counts are a disgrace. These athletes are supposed to be better. I mean, back in the day, they were Bob Gibson, Steve Carton were horses. Yeah. To I think Wheeler only went four innings today, didn't he? No, I'm not sure. I didn't get a chance to look at the box score, but, you know, that's another – I. here's my thing of it with as far as Tory getting fired. I mean, you got to blame the players. I mean, these guys are million, millions of dollars. You know, they've been in a lot of them are veterans. You know how to come to play, come to, come to work every day. Also, you got to blame Dombrowski because, you know, he, he brought in Familia. For like six million. Brad Hand 
there's a couple of these guys that are in the bullpen that shouldn't even be in the major leagues. So, yeah. you know, it's great. It's a seven-game winning streak, but there's enough blame to go all around. But Bryce Harper's playing out of his mind. He's the MV3. He's putting his team on his back, and he's showing that clubhouse who's boss. That, that's true. And, and even, uh, you know, Kyle Schwarber, I think he's hitting like 350 over the last seven games. So he's, he's his bat is heating yeah, up. Yeah, and... I mean, he was in the 180s, 190s list a couple weeks. Well, like, it, why is the guy really leading good. off? I don't I mean, without really a legitimate good. center fielder and a legitimate leadoff hitter, hey, just let's enjoy the ride for now. So it's I mean, only the Phillies the had to do something, I guess, making the change because the of Mets, course. I mean, the Mets. The Mets were starting to run away with the division. Yeah, the I mean, Mets have. Always... The, I mean, the Mets have come back a little bit, but uh, you're still waiting for the Mets to implode because usually that's what's happened in the last two or three years. Something has happened. No, they've imploded. But I just, I just think they, the Phillies. I mean, the Braves are starting to catch fire again. I mean, the good thing of it is right now the Phillies have already. How many times have they played the Mets? About twelve times. Something like that. I mean, yeah, but I think they're like they three and nine. In those 12 games right. or something terrible. Yeah, but they don't see the Mets till like August. So it's like, mm-hmm. all right, get it out of the way now. But, you know, come August, it could be a totally different picture. Yeah. You know, if the Phillies are playing like this going the next couple months, I mean, you figure the trade deadline is July 31st, which that'll be here before you know it. Are we thinking Red October? Are we getting excited for Red October? Is that what's happening? Hey, why not? The sky's the limit. I know it's cliche, but hey, hey, you know what? The best, the most high prolific manager is not always, name is not always, you know, the best of a guy like Joe Girardi. I mean, if we had Mariano Rivera too, we probably would have won. I mean, not, I mean, look at, look at the lineup they had in 2009. Yeah. But. I mean, we could sit there in a dugout and make all these different managerial moves and sit back and bring a number 42 to shut the door. The best closer of all time. <clears throat> anyway, enough of me rambling on. Um, let's, uh, <laughs> you want to touch on the Sixers or oh get right to the NBA Finals? Um, no, we got to talk about the Sixers team. This team. Time's yours. Man, I mean, I, I don't get it. I'm not on the Trey Joel bandwagon just yet, but I'm getting pretty close. I'm getting, I'm tired of him. Every mm-hmm. time I see him, he's lying on the floor. You know, I, I don't get yeah. it. Um, but uh, I, I also do not like Doc Rivers. I've never liked Doc Rivers as a head coach. Um, just not being able to perform. I mean, so, so I could coach a team through a 3 1 lead, I feel like. Um, but this offseason, um, you got to find out what you're going to do with Tobias. Uh, I know that the Nets waived that first round draft pick that we have, so maybe we can package something. Um, I don't want to see a Bradley Beal here. Um, I do like the growth of Maxi, uh, but this this is a make or break year for me as a fan. You know, uh, this second round stuff is not exciting. You know, last year against Atlanta, um, and and again this year it was just. This team is very, very frustrating, right. you know, and to show up the way they did in game seven, don't cry me a river, you know, you mm-hmm. didn't leave it all on the floor. Uh, it was, it was very infuriating. And, and 
I was listening to Sports Talk Radio and they were blaming, you know, there was no life in the building. I'm like, we feed off of your energy. They came up right. with us. And we did all we could to get them started, but they was just, they were ready for Cancun, you know, and, and it, it felt like it. It felt like it. Marty See, I would disagree. I would, I would say the Harden experiment failed. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> it, he, he is not the player. And I, I said this even before the trade. And then when he got there, everybody knows if you got a serious hamstring injury, it yeah. takes forever to heal, even with physical therapy. Mm-hmm. And you could tell he was limited in what he was doing. So he wasn't letting on how bad he was probably actually hurt. But I think, and I mean, Embiid and Bradley Beal get along. I mean, they're best of friends, practically. Yeah. So I don't know how they would swing it, Harden for Beal, or you make the swap, or you put something else in. If they bring, they're already bringing Doc back. They're probably yeah. going to bring Harden back. I just the problem is the depth. They don't oh. have the depth on the bench, so they leave it all to their starting five. The starting five has to do the damage because mm-hmm. the bench, they stink. Yeah. They just flat out stink. And that's where they got into trouble. And that's, I know they traded Simmons to the Nets and Harden and they gave blah, 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 blah. They gave up too much to get Harden. They gave up too much depth to get yeah. Harden. And, and, and oh. Seth Curry and um, um, not Draymond Green, uh, Drummond. You know, they, that was the depth. You know, oh. I knew when Danny Green went down. This, this series was over. The, the fact that I was counting on Danny Green, you know, <laughs> right. to win this series was alarming to me. So. <laughs> oh, if I if I stand correct, Drummond's a free agent, unrestricted, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure if Seth Curry has is or has one year left on his deal. But you know, it's Simmons had to go in retrospect. Would I have done the deal? Yeah, of course, because. Mm-hmm. Benji had to get out of town. and hmm. But, yeah, but the thing of it is, is you get Beal, that's another point guard. So now you got, depending if you, I would not throw Maxi in any trade for, you know, if, if you trade for Beal, he's a point guard. I mean, what are you going to have, two or three point guards here? I mean, it's, I mean Tobias Harris has two years left on his max deal. <clears throat> Um, Thibel is probably going to be a main piece. Talking about uh, someone that dropped off, well, he just disappeared oh, yeah. in that Toronto series. It just Big didn't time. come back. It just didn't come back. Maybe he just want to hang out on Penn Simmons. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he well, dropped Ryan, off on him. Ryan, let me ask you: Do you see, you know, James Harden doing what he has to do as far as rehabbing over in the offseason to come back at least some form of himself? <laughs> See, the problem I have with Harden and I've always had with Harden, he's a great regular season player. But when it gets down to the nitty-gritty, he disappears. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. And you can't defend it anymore. You just can't. I mean, he flourished in Oklahoma City coming off the bench. Mm -hmm. then Then he was in Houston. And then he was, you know, he's proven it. Other than Oklahoma City, when he was younger and he was healthier, but he was surrounded by Westbrook and Durant and Kendrick Perkins. And mm-hmm. he was, and he was six man of the year, the one year. Yeah. Plug him into the starting lineup. Fantastic score. If he defense, yeah. but it, you get into the playoffs and the deeper they may go, 
or the spotlights on him, and he fades. He did it with the Sixers. I wouldn't want to bring him back. I'm sorry, but the the experiment failed. It just it just did. I just I just would not bring him back. I know they probably. I mean, they're already they already said they're bringing everybody back. But Joel Embiid, after the series, after they lost that series, he even said, you know, he talked about Jimmy Butler. He I would did. love to play with he him again. Jimmy Butler and he. You know, and it, 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 my concern for the Sixers going forward is if they don't produce next year and Bede's going to go to management and he's going to say, I've done everything you've asked me to do. I've done X, Y, and Z. We haven't reached our goal. I need a change. Yeah. Well, I mean, Eric Snow is the one that came out on WIP last a week or two ago and said Embiid might only have, was it one or two or Two seasons left with all the injuries. I mean, he's a big man. The man's been beaten up. I mean, tore meniscus last year, had surgery, broken bones in his face a couple times. You know, he just had the surgery done on the ligaments and the thumb a week and a half ago. Yeah. Much more. And don't, don't forget, he didn't play his first two seasons with that foot injury. So, you know, how many more injuries? How much more can this man get beat up? And you know, I hate to say it, but it may come down to where you're going to have to cut bait in another year or two if the job doesn't get done. Because yeah. are you going to hold on to him and not be able to get anything for him? Like it'll be. And too then late. you have him. Then you have him beside James Harden with a max contract. That's they won't be fun years down at down at the center. I mean, at this point, Ryan, like, you have no choice but to bring Harden back. You don't. I mean, what you gave up, besides I think Ben's Ben will be out of the league in two to three years. I hope I'm wrong and Let it he go. can get his head on right Let now. it go. Never. He's gone. Never. I know he's gone, but still. <laughs> uh, Who does this? The fearless leader was. Show. God forbid we ever get Howie Roseman on this show. Oh, he might come on here. God forbid. Fuji would. (laughs) I don't know that guy. Fuji would go all out. And and, and he would. That's that's a clone of me somewhere. And you can sort of see. Somebody stuck. (laughs) Angel stuck my head on that body. (laughs) You can sort of see the resemblance a little bit if Fuji had more hair. What song are you singing with that passion? That was that was a lip sync. <laughs> My actually, you know what I was lip syncing? Oh, Michael Jackson, one of my favorite singers of all time. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> are you guys watching NBA Finals at all? I'm I have seen the last though. two games. Oh, get out of here, you stinking fraud! Since when you Celtics fan? I'm a Celtics fan because of my grandfather. Okay. What's the background? One I'm all over it with my that's like, I'm the national correspondent, Fuji. I don't give the rats <laughs> A double S what you are. He, he keeps calling me a ring chaser. Like I'm a pirate. You are. You like the Dallas Cal pukes and until you told the old man croaks. I told you before I used to be a Cowboys fan. Until, I, I got sick and tired you're of Jerry Jones' crap. You chased the They're rats. never gonna win anything with Jerry Jones. I don't wish anything bad on the man. 
but until he's gone from the equation, it's just well, gonna it's just gonna it's gonna be the same we'll thing. Keep every him in year. there for another fifty years and same thing every year. Just keep screwing it up every December. <laughs> Ryan, I'll tell you a funny story. <laughs> when I came finally came out to my mom. She struggled more with me as a Cowboys fan when I was younger <laughs> than when I was nah, nah, just to give you nah, some perspective. Nah. But no, 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 now I'm an Eagles fan. Like 2002, I finally drank the you know the green juice, and I'm an Eagles fan through and through. But before, I was much younger and dumb and attracted to the star. Oh, but she told man. me, she, I struggled more when you were a Cowboys fan as a kid than when you came up. So star. I bleed green what, now. What years me. were these? Oh, this was. Uh, Are those? I finally I came on board. <laughs> I came on board uh, 2002. That's it. I think uh, was that the year when Joe Jervicious, uh he's still running down Broad Street. Was that 02? Yeah, after Levon Kirkle missed the tackle, I was on that team. Like Frank Sinatra. Okay. Uji's got a photographic memory when it comes to the Philly team. I swear to God, <laughs> they were great times. Some were great, and others were terrible. Oh, I'm still going through terrible times. You could throw out a date to him, like October 27th, 1999, <laughs> what happened that particular weekend oh, no. in Eagles history. I forgot. He'd be able to lay off, off the top of his head. That's something. <laughs> they said you were seeing New York, New York. Mm. And See, I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm, I'm all over with my teams, and there's a story behind every one. So, okay. but, and then Fuji, Fuji keeps calling me a ring chaser, which I'm not. There you are. Well, you ran. You like the Celtics. All right, because you're a grandfather. You're still a brain chase. You used to like the Dallas Cowboys. Because of Roger Staubach. And now you like Kansas City. The Chiefs. They they were the original Dallas Texans. I know they were. So I did my I, that I didn't know. That I I'm didn't. a Blackhawks fan in hockey. And uh what am I missing? Celtics, Blackhawks, Pirates. And uh, Blackhawks. The Pirates, I'll give you. All the others are. All the others are ring chasing teams. So no, you're legit just... anti Philly. Fuji was right. Well, I have crutches for whenever he, if he decides to break it, break his leg, jumping off the bandwagon. Oh, I got the crutches ready for him. For all for all you ring chasers out there, call me up for some. And I'll order you a bunch of crutches. And free Howie Roseman t-shirt. <laughs> You're falling. You beat a bad horse. You killed a dozen Clydesdales already. We did punch you a horse in the parade, so that analogy works. I love horses. My daughter used to ride horses. Doing equestrian. Hey, I don't know, but I give her all the credit. because She was about six years old, but that's a story for another time. I know I couldn't do it. I wouldn't get up on no horse. <laughs> Hell no. It's terrifying. I've done it. I, I don't want to do it again. Mm-hmm. So, Chris, again, if you could touch on your on the website where anybody yes. would like to possibly join the greater flag football league of Philadelphia. Yes. Uh, phillyflagfootball.com. Um we will have up-to-date information. Our fall season uh, is coming up quicker than I'd like. But in between then, uh, we have a couple of skills days. So if you're just passionate about football and want to learn the game, uh, come check out check us out on our skills day. We're going over passing drills, defensive assignments, 
simple flag pulling drills. Um, you'll have an understanding of the game to make you comfortable enough to be on the field with us. It's going to be a lot of fun. And literally everybody, everybody's welcome. Um, we have people 50 plus in our league. We have people as young as 18, 19. So it's, it's all are welcome. Ryan, there you go. You can dust off the old cleats. And my, emergency old room. My, my emergency room deductible is too much, man. It's your old rusty <laughs> ass out there on the field. My, so no, I wouldn't. I, I, you I'd be, go out I'd there run, like Paul Kai, number 33, Al Bundy. <laughs> I'd run 10 feet and I'd fall over. Um, on purpose. <laughs> before we close out the show tonight, we'd like to uh, bring up our great sponsors that we have. First of all, Tampa Joe's down there in a Tampa Joe's restaurant bar. I do not know the address, but Mike Klein, who's ahead of Philly of the South for the 26th year. If you're ever in, <laughs> if you're ever in Tampa, right by the airport there, stop by Tampa Joe's. Mike, I know Mike Klein. I, anyway, <laughs> Philly, Tampa of the South. Check out Mike Klein, and he's in his 26-year running. Philly in the South, Tampa Joe's is the headquarters of the Eagles fan club there. Also, LG Direct Business Solutions. Larry, give Larry a call at 855-777-3863 with www.lgdirect.net. Also, the official... Sponsor of Philly Sport, of Philly Sports Trips, call Vince. Go to Philly Sports Trips now for all your Philly travel, Philly travel sports trip needs. Vince will take care of you. The best in the business. Vince and Bob Cavanaugh with Cavs Catering. The best before you go anywhere else. Go to Vince and Philly Sports Trips for all your Eagles. Couple Phillies trips coming up, <laughs> and of course. I keep getting my uh, <laughs> uh, wagon broke by this. But anyway, um, we want to thank Chris for coming on. Thank you, thank you, sir. Have you back soon. Yeah, right before Eagles season. Hey, oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. It's only about, it's only about 48 days in training camp. <laughs> you got his numbers. Also, he's like rain, he's like Rain Man with the football. Three days. I had it down. Three days of football. Want to thank uh, our fearless leader behind behind the glass tonight, our national correspondent Ryan F. I'm Mike Fuji. We appreciate everybody tuning in stateside, around the around the world. We'll see you next Tuesday, eight o'clock sharp. Thank you again, Chris. Thank you, everybody. Have a safe weekend and go birds. Mm -hmm.